Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, the weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbaum. And I'm your other host, Jordan Dennis. This week we will be talking about two films. Quotes, will... air quotes in the air around one of those. The first film is a children's film based on a popular book series. The movie destined to save cinema, I think. Clifford the Big Red Dog. And then we will be talking about the new Kenneth Branagh film, a lot of hype behind it, the, Belfast. The, the Toronto International Film Festival People's Choice Award winner. Absolutely. They slime Kenneth at the award, is that what happened? I hope so. Oh, man. Um, def- I, think, I think more more film festivals, when they're handing out awards, they should slime the uh, the recipients. Because could you imagine those stuffy, like... Like can types, like they're they're winning the Palm d'Or or whatever, yeah. and then all of a sudden they get a bunch of fucking Nickelodeon slime yeah, dumped people, on them. People like Jean Luc Godard get they, up they'd there, be like, and... they'd be grasping their pearls and everything. Like, why? I've never. Uh, Is that your imagine? Uh, hopefully, we go to Con and we see uh, that. Hopefully, I bet it's nothing like that. But it, as a as a mostly poor person, it's uh, it's easy to picture Con and think of it like a. Uh, so it's like a masquerade ball over there. Well, the only apprehension I have about Ken is I know, like, a lot of people boo there. Like, Really? Like, yeah, a lot of screenings get booed, including movies like uh, Inglorious Bastards got booed at Ken. That's what I'm saying. They're a bunch of stuffy, pretentious fucking pricks, man. But, like, and yeah, I, I get that, but why? I don't understand at any festival booing when the when the cast and crew are in the screen. Honestly, if you're going to boo, that's the time to do it. You got to let them know. You got to let them know. Because if you're just going to boo at just like any screening, like they can't hear you. They don't know. Like if you're going to let someone know their film sucks, you got to let them know. Mm. And I feel like Tarantino's got thick skin. He can handle it, you know? And Inglorious Bastards is like top three Tarantino, so. Also, fuck, fuck, well, fuck can. And then, it, and now it seems like they're competing on who can give the longest standing ovation. Because every film, it just gets longer. Soon they're going to be like three hours, like, woo! Like they've got like guards saying, you can't leave until this one beats the record. It, the, the Matrix 4 is going to be the one that gets a, uh, you know, it's going to premiere at Cannes next it month. Can't already, <laughs> it already happened. It can't already happen. You know, I'm just making Yeah, no, they're up. retroactively going to start it again and bring everyone back. Like, yep. I'd be like, oh, wait, we forgot one movie. The Every, like, everyone come back, and then they're just going to screen Matrix 4. Yeah. Is the 4 the A in the poster? No. Missed opportunity. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not like a scriforum situation we got going on. <sighs> Unfortunate. Um, before we get into the Yeah, films, fucking tangent there. Woo. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, man. How, how are you doing? Chilling. You watched uh, you watched a lot of movies in the past couple of days. You're going to be on another podcast here in a little bit. Yes, I am. Uh, shout out to Clapper. Um, it's going to be. It's not going to be readily available. This one. It's for Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subscribers. So if you want to subscribe over to their Patreon, I'm sure we'll get a Patreon eventually. Eventually. Once we know we have enough people listening to pay money, we'll we'll, we'll, get we'll a set Patreon. up a Patreon. We'll give you all a bunch of little treats and extras. We, Shout- we, we've got stuff in the plans. Don't Shout worry. out to Charlie being our one donator right now. Woo! Love you, buddy. 
Um, yeah, I watched a ton of movies. I watched All the Money in the World, which was the uh, Ridley Scott drama released about the kidnapping of John Paul Getty III. Yeah. I didn't really like this movie Stars that much. Stars Christopher Plummer and, mm-hmm. and no one else. He was the original person cast in that role. He was the original he person. Was never replaced, or no one ever replaced him. He was he replaced nobody. Fuck. What's funny <laughs> is doing research. He actually was Ridley Scott's first choice. Really. And the studio made him cast Kevin Spacey because he was a bigger actor at the time. Um, and they what? made him put on old age makeup. What the fuck? Uh, I guess. I, I guess. Uh, um. Okay. But it, yeah, Christopher Plummer's the best part of the movie. He often uh, is, I feel. I think that um, Michelle Williams is great, as usual. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg is not, but, you know. Mark Wahlberg. He's just, he's boring. How do you man. like them apples, huh? He's, he's fucking boring. <laughs> Take an interest in science, guys. What's that app? Like, Why is he Australian? It's like, I'm going, like, hardcore Boston. Like, really, really you gotta chew on the, on the... Oh, yeah, the departed, you, you know? Take an interest in science. Take an interest in science, guys. He does, it does kind of sound Australian. Uh, he's, he's from Down Under, apparently. He is, yeah. But um, the movie, my, my fear about it, is the entire time I was watching it, things would happen like like a thriller chase scene yeah, and all this. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so Hollywood. This obviously didn't happen like this. They're doing it to make it... The compelling, dramatic experience. But I can see through that shit. Oh, shit. An alarm. There's an alarm going off. <laughs> Whoa. I can I can see through that shit, you know? Yeah. Like, like, like the story is obviously, like, obviously way more boring. So they and they, to... and they fall back on this really, like, this trope where one of the kidnappers is really sympathetic towards John Paul, you know? And I'm like, that didn't happen. No. None of this happened. It's very, yeah. Um... So the compelling elements are just outweighed by like this feeling of no the artificiality, artificiality, kind of, like, kind of a what? What are they called? Like exaggerating? Yeah. A little so bit. two and a half out of five for that one. Sure. Boogie Nights is insanity, a coked out masterpiece, pretty much. Yeah. I have my quibbles with the first like act, the first forty minutes or so, <laughs> and quibbles. I th- yeah. It's a funny word. And I think that there's. The only thing that stands as dated about the movie is, you know, some of those old 90s, like, editing techniques. Yeah. Like, speed ramping some of the footage and stuff. That's fair. Is, is kind of yeah, dated. It's, it's the product of it. Everything else, masterful. Paul Thomas Anderson is a, is fucking a perfectionist. Man. Yeah. The cast is crazy. I'm assuming most people have seen it by now. I, I have not. I have not seen Boogie Nights. We're going to change that. Four and a half out of five. Good shit. And I'm in the middle of Ghostbusters right now. Yeah, I caught him. Caught him. I'm gonna finish it. Down I, right in the... I'm gonna finish it after this podcast. I'd seen it years ago. Um, I like the movie. I don't love it. It's good. It's a solid film. Kyle, it's a perfect movie. What are you talking about? It's a five out of five. It's an institution. I'm glad you feel that way. It's, it's, it's a franchise that should never die. It's like Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, there's, that, there's that already a, died. There's a whole expansive universe of characters to explore. Oh, when, of Ghostbusters. When are we getting the the Slimer origin movie? Yeah, the Zool, the Zool flashback. You say that, but I wouldn't be surprised. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's yeah, what, what do you give two thirds of Ghostbusters? Uh, like three and a half. All right. Five. That's, that's, that's um. And is that all I've seen? Did I watch anything? Is that all I've seen? Wait a minute. I hate movies. What the fuck? What am I doing here? Uh, I think that's all I've seen. 
No, I rewatched uh, the Suicide Squad for the fourth time. Oh shit! How was that? Still great. Yeah. Still I, great. I uh, I rewatched Django Unchained uh, this week. I think it's yeah, it's Tarantino's best movie. I think I, I, I think, think I so. can safely say that it's. It, you no, know, I'm on that. I'm on that it, train. I, honestly, people say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood feels like kind of the culmination of everything Tarantino in a way. did, and but... I'm like, yes. In a thematic sense, but if we're talking about like all of his his stylistic like influences his and choices, yeah, like like everything that really makes Tarantino Tarantino, Django Unchained has it all. Like all the characters are really well written. Um, the it might be it might be my favorite performance from every actor in that movie. Honestly, honestly, it's like, honestly, uh, yeah. Jamie Fox is great. Uh, Leo was on another. Leo was insane. Fucking. Uh, Christoph Waltz, second Oscar, really well deserved. Incredible cinematography. Samuel Jackson almost steals the movie. Yeah, um, he's amazing. He's, he's incredible. Uh, but yeah, it looks great. Um, the the shootout. One of the best Candyland, action scenes. So good. See, that, that scene's really good, and then a Tupac needle drops, and I'm like, okay, this is great now. Um, yeah, no, I... One of my favorite action beats in ever... Mild spoilers if you haven't seen yeah, Django. But the part where he busts through the door backwards and shoots the guy at the yes. door is one of the best action beats in any. I, I love when he when the, the the dude keeps getting shot like he's in the middle of the crossfire yeah. or whatever, and it's like this is a bad place to be. So many great shots. The the blood on the cotton. Oh my god, what a, what a what amazing. Oh movie. yeah yeah yeah. So quotable too. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Oh yeah, Tarantino's best. One of my favorite movies. Fucking five out of five. Five easy. Love Django. Easy money. Is that it? Is gonna, that all we got? I'm gonna hot take Django yeah. and Glorious Bastards Pulp Fiction. I think that's my top three Tarantino. Ooh. Oh god. Um I, there's some that I have to rewatch because yeah. I don't remember them. Um the the only one that I actually haven't seen is Jackie Brown. Same. That's also the only one I haven't seen. Um you haven't seen Death Proof either. Uh, that, that counts. Uh, kind of. Uh <laughs> fair. Uh, I think my top three is Django. Okay. Pulp Fiction. Fair. And then Inglorious? Okay. Yeah. Look at us. Two characters with differences. Barely. Yeah, barely. Fucking. And then I think my fourth is uh, Hateful Eight. My fourth would be... Yeah, you really like Hateful Eight. What the fuck? Uh, my fourth would be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is so much better than Hateful Eight. I won't get into it now because I, I would I would go on for way too long, but it's it blows Hateful Eight out of the fucking water. One day we'll talk about One it. One day. Because one, I gotta rewatch it. We'll have, we'll have, a, ter- have, to, we'll have a Tarantino off. Hateful Eight's good. Don't get me wrong. It's like a seven. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... Whenever Quentin releases his tenth and... Final yeah, we'll, quotation. We'll, we'll film. see. We'll, we'll do it. I, I, I have a feeling, even if he doesn't direct any more films after that, dude's gonna keep writing until they yeah. bury him in the ground. But I think I think it would be fun to do a Quentin Tarantino. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. I'm, I'm sure we will. Once once fucking Hollywood stops releasing new movies, so they don't take up our entire schedule, we could actually do topics and stuff for the week. This was the uh, the detriment of qu- of quarantine pushing everything. Into so now every one. every movie that was supposed to come out last year is also coming out this year. So. We were talking about that earlier, where like on our first like ten episodes or so, we were doing like oh cartoon adaptations with Tom and Jerry. Yeah, and then everything is fucking like now it's all five new releases a week, so it's like we don't like we that's don't what the we time. have to talk about. So we want to, we want to do more topics, don't we? And I think we've got a few in January and February. There's some stuff. Coming up. Well, we, we, we've got some later year ones, like I think Spider-Man we're going to do. We've definitely got a Scream-a-thon going yeah, on next January. For sure, for sure. Sorry we won't be able to watch all the Resident Evil movies. Fucking hell. Oh, 
I will just because I do that every week. Because he's, because he's a fucking madman. I do that every week. Who's your favorite Anderson? Is it Paul W S? <laughs> Is that my favorite Anderson? Yeah. Um, uh, Paul W S. Uh, what's he made? Uh, you know, Alien versus Predator. Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Mortal Kombat. Um, Monster Hunter. Yeah, he's definitely the best he's one. He's the best director of yeah. all time. Yeah. All, all time. Yeah. Those Resident Evil movies have a fan base. I like a lot of them. Surprisingly. I know you do. They stink. Yeah. Uh, you know how you have Spawn as a guilty pleasure? <laughs> those are my Spawn. <laughs> those are my Spawn. I would say... I, I or was, no... I, say, are, I, think, I think the more apt comparison would be how I feel about Van Helsing. That's what I was going to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the fucking Resident Evil movies are your Van Helsing. Those are my... Yes, that's exactly. Great. Van Helsing's a great fucking movie, by the way, if you guys have never seen it. Hugh Jackman in prime form. Yeah. <laughs> an awesome movie. How long has it been since you've seen Van Helsing? Yeah. Oh, we need... I cable years ago. We need to watch Van Helsing again, dude. It's fucking... It, it, like, it kind of sucks. Yeah. But, like, it's a blast. Okay. Um. Yeah. Van Helsing. Resident Evil. You know... You want to talk about an even spookier movie than those two, though? Clifford. An the, even worse movie? Clifford the Big Red Turd. Clifford the, the, the Big Red Bitch. Um, Kyle, do you want to give us a, a plot rundown of Clifford the Big Red Dog? Yeah, there's, so there's this little shit rat named Clifford. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and, this uh, weird mutant yeah. puppy who's, looks, who keeps changing size, by the way. He does. Um... And his family is taken away by, like, you know, pet people, by pet the control. The man. And so he runs away, and he ends up in this tent with this weird old man who sells exotic animals. And he gives it, and he sells, or he, I guess he doesn't sell one to a little girl, but she gets a hold of it anyway. It's in her bag. I think he put it there. Yeah. I don't know. Magic. And then and then she she cries on it and loves it a lot, and then it grows to 50 feet. And, and I don't think it was quite that big. <laughs> you know what? I think the movie would have been better if the dog was bigger. I just wanted to, yeah, whatever. He grew bigger, and and then there's a villain trying to get the dog, and yeah, this is Clifford. What did you think of the movie, Kyle? It's it is what it is. <laughs> if you saw, it is what it is. If you saw the trailers and went, yep, that's, that's Clifford. That's Clifford. <laughs> that's big red dog. Uh, alright, so do we, do we want to get into our, into our maybe issues here with Clifford? Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> sure, um, the dialogue is horrific. So, it's like, it's kind of astounding how this movie makes no effort at any point in its runtime to surprise you or subvert, no. like, the tropes in any, no. any way. Like, it's the most... It might be the most obvious movie I've ever seen. And I know it's a dumb movie for babies or whatever, but even kids' movies should, like, strive to be a little better than this. Like, have something that's like, sets you apart. But this is no different from, like, the Smurfs. Or, like, no, fucking... It's not. Like, it's it's the same, like, fish-out-of-water New York story that uh, we've seen a billion times that they've done with, like, children's franchises. Like you said, the dialogue's awful. The dialogue editing is terrible it's way too there's no I know to, there's no breathe there's no there's room no to breathing breathe room. like nobody ever stops like it just keeps going and it's and, and the dialogue is so awful so it's just a constant barrage of shit none of the jokes land no no it's it's so 
such a weird movie, but so safe. It's it's hard to explain. <laughs> you kind of just gotta experience. But Clifford. don't, but don't experience it. Experience it for free. Pirate it. Steal this. Uh, listen, I, normally I'm I'm against pirating movies and not supporting creators, but I don't think anyone involved in the making of Clifford should be given money. You know, so most of the performances aren't the problem with this, I guess, except maybe Jack Whitehall, yeah, the, who has the, a. The performances are pretty bad. They stink. The little the little kid friend the okay the yeah, yeah the performances are pretty bad yeah Tony Hale is the villain he's does the, not want to be there but he's the best part of the film sure he's still the best part sure I, I can we can we call can we call someone the best part of the film for not being good but just baseline boring which just happens to be better than everyone else yeah I don't feel, I, I, don't, I don't feel good I don't feel good saying that. Uh, Saying you're the best part of Clifford is, is my not po- a very my, high bar. My positives are actually Tony Hale being in it, and like I like laughed like twice. Those are the positives. I laughed. I, I never laughed unironically at this movie. I don't think it ever had any actual good jokes, but there were some jokes that I was just surprised at the sheer stupidity of, like the fucking nut hole joke. In uh, in in the vet's office, we're we're Keenan's spoilers. Uh, spoilers for fucking Clifford, I guess. Uh, there's a bit where they're in a vet office, and uh, fucking they're trying to get him checked, and Keenan Thompson's like, "Here, stick this thermometer in Clifford." And Jack Whitehall's like, "Where?" And uh, he goes, "It rhymes with nut hole." <laughs> and I lost my fucking shit. That was such a strange joke. This for is him. the only movie this year that's made me had to go get up and take a lap. You did take a like, lap in the to, back row. I had to get up. We were the only ones at back I there. had to get up and fucking walk away from this movie for a sec. Um, it. I'm I'm trying to remember specifics, but they've they've Jack faded. Whitehall's a, a shithead. He's just a douchebag. That character is like completely incompetent, and they never. So he's like a cartoonist, and the only reason that's relevant is because he's like the in-world creator of the Clifford the Red the Big Red Dog like brand. Yeah. So they needed an origin for the franchise within the world, but that never comes up throughout the story. The fact that he's a cartoonist, like it's never useful to the plot. No, it's not. It's never relevant until that moment in the end. There's. It has a problem where it wants to be grounded but cartoony at the same time. Yeah, like and and you can't do that. Go all the way. In fact, this should, I mean, obviously, this should have been an animated movie. Yeah, obviously. but if you're gonna make it live action, make it fully cartoony, like whimsical. Yeah. At least, like at least Tom and Jerry kind of strikes that a little better. At least than this Tom was. and Jerry has something. Yeah, true. At least it has a couple scenes where you're like, "That's Tom and Jerry." And like the 2D animation is is fine for the most part but yeah uh, i guess we can talk about the fucking cgi i mean it's it's awful. abysmal that dog veered, i get i can that dog said, veers into the uncanny valley again you said the proportions change yeah what i'm saying is so like at the end of the movie you see like the illustrations of clifford and how he looks in the books i'm like why didn't you make him like that like more cartoony he eats a pug. not a realistic dog he eats a pug he does at a certain point. What I was surprised about one of the only things that I, that I that actually piqued my attention in terms of like the filmmaking, which now hear me out, it's not like the, it's, oh my no, god, no, 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 it's not like the cinematography or podcast direction. is over. We're fucking it's Kyle, not, you got to revoke your your fucking film card. It's not quick. how the film looks or anything, but I guess this would go to the visual effect. I don't know. I thought the like how. The CG animal who looks abysmal 
interacts with the environments sometimes looked kind of impressive. Yeah, but we nailed that in 1988 with Roger Rabbit. That's not a fucking... That's, Actually, not, that's not an achievement. Like, you know what? That's fair. That's like, that's like baseline bare minimum for uh, a movie like this. Fair point. Actually, fair point. Whatever. Fuck this movie. Fuck, fuck Clifford the Big Red Dog. I'm trying to think of like... There were a couple points where I we were amazed... We were like stupefied. There's like there's like a middle chunk of this movie that my brain blacked out for. What does the uh, what does the the Asian boy call himself? He says I'm the Asian. He, he do you remember that? I do. He, oh my god! What the fuck does he say? And it was so cringe. He says I'm the Asian. I don't remember. It's like MacGyver or something. I don't know. It's a really dumb fucking joke. But um. Uh, but there's like a lot of there's kids jokes where I'm like. Just, There's like weird adult humor. Like a lot of the jokes have like a weird like, like inappropriate energy to them, and it's just like this. This isn't sweet or whole. Like it's trashy. This John, movie's trashy. John Cleese looks like he uh, he needed to pay rent for the month. John Cleese is a fucking shithead. Yeah, John Cleese is a shithead. I'm glad he's in this. I'm glad he's doing this shit. Yeah. He did. This should be. This is like his his like. Is like Sisyphus punishment. Like instead of having to pull, like roll a boulder up a hill, he has to keep starring in Clifford over and over eternally for being a, a, a comedy shithead. Yep. That you know what? App punishment. There you go. Punishment fits the crime. Fucking one out of five. This movie sucked. One out of five. Do you have anything more to say about fucking Clifford? Not no. Don't go see it. I guess if you have like a shit eating baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like, you know what? Stay like, home and watch like, Paw Patrol. Like just a little rotten-brained kid. Like just a little, just a little asshole. A child. If you have a baby that you hate, actually, okay. That's if fair. you have a baby that you fucking hate and you needed to shut the fuck up, for and you five are, and you already minutes, showed them, shit and you already right. showed them Paw Patrol and all the other uh, Mitchells versus Machines, all the other good kids movies this year. I said Schindler's List. Fucking <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did not hear that. If you hate your baby, you know. Show him shit. Show him saving Private Ryan. I didn't even fucking hear that. Oh. <laughs> but uh. What's that TikTok? It's like he's got his two daughters, and he's like, uh. Let's watch a movie, and they're the like opening. calling, and they're like, "Yay!" Paw and Patrol. It's like the opening to Saving Private Ryan. They're fucking. <laughs> oh man, yeah. If you've got a shithead kid, show them this. If you need him to shut up for five minutes. Bad. Bad movie. This uh, this new Clifford movie. It's not, uh, not good. It's not good. Shout out Fantano. Shout out Fantano. Moving on to a movie that is uh, actually a movie. <sighs> I just need to... I, I'm sorry. I need to fucking collect myself. I was, I was thinking about Clifford. Stop thinking think, about Clifford. Maybe a little lightheaded. Like, ah. Stop right. thinking about Clifford and think about Irish people. Do you love Irish people, Kyle? Uh, yeah. They're, they're pretty Northern chill. Irish people they're specifically? Pretty, they're pretty chill. They're pretty chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never met one in person, but yeah. Well, then I have the movie for you. People of Irish people. Kenneth Branagh, uh, Belfast, his his latest motion picture. Was the last thing he did that Shakespeare movie? No, it was Artemis Artemis. Oh, fuck, you're right. What Shakespeare movie? He did a Shakespeare movie where he plays Shakespeare. And it it, it reminded me of that movie he did. Um, I think it's him. Is, did he do the fucking... Um, it's like All is True or something like that. It it was a it kind of went under the radar. I didn't see it, but I um interesting. I didn't I did not know he did a Shakespeare. Yeah, all is true. Holy shit! There you go. Oh, uh, that shit. That was twenty eighteen. Fuck. That was the same year as uh, Murder on the Orient, ah. and then Artemis Fowl, and then Belfast. 
Jordan, you want to... Uh, <clears throat> Jesus. Oh, real quick, I feel like it bears mentioning, because we didn't... Uh, I totally forgot to mention this during the Clifford bit. Clifford does pee on people. Uh, at a <laughs> is, that, is that relevant? Yeah, I think it is. I think, I think to determine whether or not a kid's movie is good... You, you have to look at whether or not someone is pissed or shit or burped or farted on. Okay. And if that is the case... Or dabbed. It, or dabbed. Well, I mean, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, if there's, like, potty humor... Okay. Then it's probably not good. And the fact that Clifford does piss on three people, I think, mm-hmm. does not piss on Tony Hale, spoilers. Um, which I thought was totally where that was going. Yeah. Hmm. Um... Back to Belfast. Yeah, back to Belfast. Sorry. It's All good? Bare, 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 bare mentioning. Do you want to give a plot rundown of the film Belfast? Sure. So Belfast is the semi-autobiographical, kind of fictionalized, drama, dramatized memoir of Kenneth Branagh's time growing up in 60s Belfast, Northern Ireland, at the start of a conflict that is known as the Troubles between uh, Catholic uh, and Protestant Irish people. And it's kind of a loosely structured, almost vignette style, kind of like, it's Buddy, like, uh, Buddy is is the the main character, he's kind of the the fictionalized Kenneth Branagh POV, and it's it's kind of him, like, navigating boyhood and all that, and, you know, growing up, kind of, kind of, like, you know, experiencing this town and everything, and it really is about him just kind of vibing, for the most part, yeah. And then uh, there's, there's like, a conflict that arises. They're like, oh, we may have to leave our, our town and everything. And, you know, that, that's that, that's where the, 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 the tension comes in. God, yeah. I just think of Belfast. It was very good. Yeah, man. It was very this good. This movie was awesome. Um, like you said, this is one of the biggest director bounce backs of all time. Comeback of the fucking century. From Artemis Fowl to Belfast. Absolute. Kenneth Branagh is one of those directors like bringing it back to all the money in the world like Ridley Scott where I feel like at this point they've got enough clout and prestige that they're allowed to just make a shitty movie every couple of years and then bounce back with something great you know what I mean and then right. just keep going but the thing is looking at his filmography he hasn't made something great in in, in, a, in a, a minute a hot Maybe, minute what was the last great thing he did I, I like Murder on the Orient Express more than most people would you say it's great though no I'd, I'd say it's very good it's like a 7 what about Cinderella Better than the than the animated one. Okay, I'll say that. If you want to say that's the last good thing he's done or great thing, maybe uh, Thor's not. But great. but like his Shakespeare stuff in the '90s is really true. The... I, uh, I've seen uh, I've seen Othello, which well, is really have good. You seen Much Ado About Nothing. Much Ado About Nothing is really good. Um, I haven't seen Henry V, which is like his famous one. His famous and also Hamlet. He also did Hamlet. Did he do Hamlet? Yeah, he did like a four-hour version of Hamlet. Is that what I'm thinking of? No, you're thinking of Henry the... That was his first okay. thing that he okay. ever made. Um, let the man... They just let the man make Shakespeare and go nuts. But, yeah, this... It's a gorgeously shot yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess we'll start there. Beautifully, beautiful cinematography. Let's look up the cinematographer's name. Oh who's, my hard, who's hard to pronounce. It is it is just impeccably um it's shot in mostly black and white so like besides Belfast in the past and some uh, spoilers I guess we're getting into slight spoilers here it's uh it's Harris Zambarlocus yes so the, the decision between him and Brandon to shoot it in black and white I think I think really helps kind of create this very like nostalgic mm-hmm. almost like classic Hollywood look yep for the city like like it gives it this um 
you know, this very this like timeless yeah. kind of vibe to it. And beyond that, the framing is just brilliant. Incredible. There's a lot of shots where it's like it's not like quite like like tilted up, but it's like the camera Definitely is like low down angle, low. Low angle shots. Like from Buddy's perspective almost. Like because I, I think I think the whole movie is kind of designed to be like looking back at a memory, you look back at it from your perspective. You yeah. know what I mean? So like looking back on a memory of a child, like being a child, that POV would be fucking down below and looking up. There's so many shots where like half the frame is what you're supposed to be focusing on and, and then, then like half clouds. is, is It makes clouds the city the like feel just so much more like vast yes. and expansive than yes. it actually like you know how when you're like a little kid and your hometown seems like it stretches forever? Against against the like, skyline. Against, like, yeah. like, like a like a never ending skyline and yep. everything. Yep. Um all the performances are Great. incredible across the Judy board. Judy Dench, uh, Jamie Dornan. Jude Hill, the kid who plays uh, one of the best child buddy. performances. A revelation, dude should be in everything from now on. The kid is is adorable. Uh, he he's charming without coming off as like obnoxious and everything. Like there's moments where he's like a kid and he's like throwing a fit and stuff, but like I'm never annoyed by him or anything. Like I, I get all of like the emotions he's feeling and all of his one of know, the best child performances of the year. I I'd, I'd say he's right up there with uh, him and the kid from JoJo Rabbit should do something. The the main kid. Yeah, I was gonna say the only other two child performances that stick out to me this year, and they're older, is is Quiet Place Part Two. Oh yeah, true, true. But uh, yeah, um, uh, but th- this kid's amazing. His name's Jude Hill. Jude yeah. Hill. And then you know Jamie Dornan is really continues good. to prove that he is not Fifty Shades of Grey. He plays uh, Buddy's father, who's kind of like absent from his life but still also involved when he can be he, he works in, in London, England yeah so he has to like he has to like disappear for like uh a, you know long chunks of time at a time but um but he's a, he's a good dad he's trying you know um and then we got the mom played by uh Catriona Balf uh, who's Irish and yeah, makes sense. I think you'd know her from I didn't see this, but Ford v Ferrari. She's Christian Bale's wife. I did not see Ford v Ferrari. You didn't see that. That was the only Best Picture nominee that year. I, didn't I thought see. you saw all of nope. them that year. Okay, interesting. Well, which is weird because uh, me and Jerry will go see movies like that. Like if I know a movie like that is coming out, I'll be like, oh yeah, Jerry's my grandpa. Like I'll I'll uh, I'll totally take him to go see it. So it's weird that we didn't see that one, but uh, but yeah, I, yeah. Um, but that's cool. Judy, Judy Dench is great. I think Judy Dench and Syrian Syrian Hines is that how you pronounce his name? I think it might be Siren. Siren, Siren Hines. Siren, oh, it's one of those. Uh, heart and soul of the film. Those two. They they are so cute, so adorable, and and the performances are just they're, they're like I, I know I know this kind of just is with the territory of being old, but there's just like. Such a sagely, like welcome, welcoming wisdom that like radiance radiates off the both of them. Like, I, I don't know. Like, like the, none of the characters in this are they're all like very like like pleasant yeah. and enjoyable. And it's it's just so nice to see these characters like this family. Like, like I think it would have it could have been it could have been easy to dr- dramatize things like make the family like kind of like like conflict or or even like abusive maybe like kind of like add that like that like tension there but no the fact that everyone just like kind of gets along and everything is like is is a benefit for the movie where you where you yeah. think it wouldn't be like there's the, the the only real like conflict in the movie is the growing tensions between the 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 catholics and the protestants which gets violent at some points there's like there's like some saving private ryan bits 
where the movie kind of explodes into into protests and, and riots and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love that the family is all... I'm, what I'm saying is I love that the family is all nice to each other and all love each other. Yeah. Like, that's just very sweet to see. Right. Uh, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Oscar nominations in Judy Dench's I, and Siren Hines' futures. I would not be surprised either. I think if anyone gets nominated, it'll probably be them. Maybe the kid... And this is getting nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, 100%. Cinematography. Maybe, yeah. maybe the kid, if they're, if they're really... If they're hurting for Best Actor nominees. Yeah. I think that this film... Um, Jude Hill. I don't know why what, I said the kid. I know his name. What, what you described it as, the term you use a lot, is more vibe more than vibe film. More vibe than film. It, it literally <clears throat> is just kind of listful, just kind of goes along. And, like, and that's where my problem rises. Not with the more vibe than film, because yeah. I think the vibe is impeccable. For sure. The <laughs> impeccable vibes in Belfast. I think that it's when they actually have to do narrative conflict and, and plot stuff sure that it kind of starts faltering because they really haven't done a lot to set it up because they've just been vibing with this family that's true but it, it's also not that kind of movie right so i don't know when they never they never introduce anything so like hard left turn that it makes me it's think like this, oh where'd this it's come it's just from? this like, one central conflict thing that they do something with, and then they kind of rush the resolution yeah. of. I mean, we're in, we're in spoilers. Can... Are we? Yeah. Oh. I th- if you yeah, I mean, I, I just didn't think we needed to spoil uh, Belfast. But if you want to talk about it, fucking no. Okay, okay. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, listeners. You don't get to know. Um, they don't. No one has like a character arc per se, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, you're all it... you're all about that narrative, no. aren't you? You're all about no, that, I'm not that strong that Aaron Sorkin. No. <laughs> that movie looks fucking awful. The, the I didn't being, even see the trailer. The being the Ricardos, it looks fucking dull as shit. Did he direct that? Or yes, just write it? Okay. I think he directed it too. Yeah, well. Anyway, a good movie. Yes. It's just... It's so quick. It's so breezy. A very brief movie. Um, very never much. overstays its welcome. No, it doesn't. Um, and it, it leaves you very satisfied and, it, and with this like positive feeling I, I didn't I didn't like weep or anything like it, did, no. it didn't like like I didn't bear my soul out but in terms of just like it made me feel yeah like no it's the it, it gets I felt for this fucking kid it's it's a very powerful movie like I think the, the just the what it lacks in narrative cohesion I guess it makes up for in in pure just like raw emotion and heart, like it's 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 just brimming with charm. This movie, so much charm, so much charm. Yeah, um, this, this movie fucking rocks. This is this is definitely a a crowd pleaser. This film. this movie captures. Uh, I think I mentioned this in my review at Clapper. Shout out to Clapper. Check out my review of Belfast when it gets published. Um, I I, I mentioned in my review. I don't think I've seen a movie that uh, captures distilled nostalgia. Like this one. Yeah. Like, it, this movie literally is the same exact feeling of, like, looking back and remembering your childhood. It's not all gonna, like, be connected and make sense. Like, it's gonna be kind of disjointed and you're just gonna kind of, like, remember the feeling of things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everything seems so much bigger. And I think and I think the, the craft that they use to capture that vibe is just so impressive. In that way, it reminds me of what I've heard. I haven't gotten the chance to see it. I want to after watching movies like this. It reminds me of what I heard about the Florida Project a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, I think you said Boyhood? Yes, also, I, I was also reminded similar. of Boyhood. If you like those two movies, I think this one will will definitely be up your alley. But Like you said, crowd pleaser, very... Like, it's not my favorite film of the year, but if it happens to win Best Picture, I, I will yeah, not be I mad, about, not be mad about, about that this. at definitely, all. Definitely... 
expect this one to show up again when, when I'm doing my end of the year list. And I'll definitely mention it for some of the categories sure, or sure. whatever we end up doing. Sure. Um, for me, this is a four out of five. A four, strong four out of five. Four and a half, man. I thought this one was really good. This one was awesome. This is absolutely one. If it's playing near you, it's yeah, in check limited. it out. Take the family. It's uh, your mom will love it. Your, your grandma. <laughs> hey, that's will my love mom's it. favorite movie. Your um, grandma will love it. Yeah, no, this is this is a good one. One of the be- one of the best of the year for me. Absolutely. That's the episode. That is the episode. Uh, yeah, not not too not too long this time around. No, I gotta get to work, so we kind of kind of kind of breeze through this. Kyle, you wanna you wanna tell the people where they can find us? Well, first, thanks for listening. Obviously, absolutely, you know? always uh, thanks for listening. Uh, tell your friends about us. Leave a like. Leave a review. You know, stars on apples. Whatever, whatever was within. Leave your, us uh, hate comments. Yeah, if you honestly, want to. if you fucking hate us, let us know, dude. Um, like, tell us how our opinions are awful and what, we should die. Whatever is within your power to do do it anything is appreciated but but honestly just thanks for listening you know absolutely if you guys like the show uh why but, second off but uh you if you like it you can follow it on twitter and instagram at cinema shakedown and you can follow me personally on twitter and letterboxd at kyle craigbaum that's k-r-i-e-g-h-b-a-u-m and you can follow me on twitter at the underscore fatman 99 and on letterbox at my name jordan dennis kyle we got another big weekend potentially next weekend we do uh next weekend we will be talking about the long-awaited sequel, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm. You know? Uh, Will Smith's latest attempt to win an Oscar. King, King Richard. Richard. Uh, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut, Tick, Tick, Boom, adapted uh, from the Jonathan Larson musical. And a question mark on this next one. We're going to put an asterisk on, on uh, Come On, Come On. If we can find a screening of Come On, Come On near us, we will see that. We'll watch it, but definitely Ghostbusters, definitely King Richard, the, the other three. and Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah, so... uh, Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.